You're listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Spencer, and each week I'll be taking you behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who have escaped traditional offices and built digital empires based on their expertise. everybody. Welcome to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. I have a really special guest today, a really fun person named Matt Schmidt. Now, Matt is someone I've known for, gosh, I, like at least five, six years now. And um, he recently sold a, a, a business. He's done all kinds of stuff. Now, one thing I love about this guy that I think you guys are really going to dig today is he doesn't come from the traditional, you know, internet background that like, you know, all this stuff, he's done a lot of things that I've, I've admired from afar. But one of the things that like, you know, all the business stuff is extremely cool. But one of the things I get a lot from Matt is uh, actually all the consistency stuff. He's just consistently building and going after things all the time. Like that silent professional, like we, uh, like Dan Anton said in that episode, uh, a true silent professional. And I can't wait to tell his story because he's got a lot of really cool things. Um, both of us have done a weight loss journey. We've done lots of business things over the years. And I just can't wait to tell this story. I've been really excited about this all day. So uh, Matt, why don't you uh, tell everybody like about your company and how you guys make a dent in the world? Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate the intro too, by the way. I can't wait to get into it. But uh, my main company that we're here to talk about uh, is uh, SCUP, um, S-K-U-P. I know a lot of people question that spelling. Uh, it's a combination of SKU and UP, right? We're, uh, we're an e-commerce uh, app company uh, for Shopify. Uh, and uh, we actually acquired a theme company uh, last year, and we're growing some themes as well and adding it to the mix. Um, we're, we are here basically to teach, um, you know, what, what we know. Um, and that's really where we try to make a difference. Um, there are some people out there that, um, do a lot of teaching, uh, maybe not a lot of doing. Um, and then there are just like you said, the silent professionals that do a lot of doing. Um, I come and, and Brad knows us, um, you know, from, uh, earlier on in the industry where people like Don Wilson, Ben Atkins, they helped me really changed my life. And that really kind of stuck with me um, in a way that I, I hope to be able to do that with as many people as I possibly can. So SCUP allows me, and that's where really what we're trying to do is, is help people, maybe like somebody that's on this call that, you know, I was in the corporate world and I knew I needed something else in my life um, and I needed some guidance in order to get there. And I found it and I hope to be that for somebody else as well. So um, I do have um, multiple e-commerce businesses. Uh, now, uh, and I've been scaling over the years. Um, and I only teach what I, uh, you know, basically am doing on a day to day basis um, to the people who, you know, either use our apps or download our theme or just follow us online. Don't have to buy anything from us to, to learn. We have uh, free calls all the time. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's really what we're trying to do is be providing the same kind of resource that helped me um, get to the, where I am today and, and provide a life uh, for my wife and, and now my daughter. Um, I hope to do that for somebody else as well. Dude, I love it, man. That's awesome. So um, 
Yeah, that's I like. Oh boy, I wish I oh man. I I, I kind of get giddy sometimes a little bit on, <laughs> here on the mic where I'm like, because I I know and I can't wait to share this with people. So let's go back to the beginning, man. So growing up, like, did you always want to be an entrepreneur or like what's that story? Because I know you worked for a company. I don't know if you're allowed to say what company it was, but I, yep. I remember one time you were telling that story to me about how that was kind of like your big dream. So d- do I have that story down correct? Maybe you could like elaborate on that one a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back on it, um, my, my biggest influencer or influence, I should say not influencer. Um, I guess that's technically a term. He was an influencer before the influence was my grandpa. Um, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, my other grandpa also uh, was an entrepreneur. I, I didn't have the pleasure of knowing him as much. Uh, he died when I was very young. Um, but my mom's dad, um, you know, and I shared this story online not too long ago, uh, was a big critical uh, piece of my life. And, you know, I grew up with uh, three brothers, two older, one younger. Uh, we all have a, a decent spread between our ages. Um, but, you know, we would go over to my grandparents' house and my two older brothers would be running around playing outside and stuff like that. And I'd be hanging with my grandpa and watching him. He had a computer business where he would fix people's computers. He would tear down radios and fix that. Uh, TVs and, and he was an engineer. He was just basically in back World War II and before that was always fixing stuff. So he ran a business out of his house um, and I couldn't get enough of it. And uh, he got me into computers at a very young age. Um, and this is back, I mean, when I went to college, they didn't, the Mizzou where I went, they didn't even have an IT degree um, until the second semester I was there. And I actually changed my major from business to, to IT because I wanted to get into computers. I always had a fascination with them because of my grandpa. I didn't really connect the dots there on being an entrepreneur until after college. Uh, yeah, like you said, I used to work for a company here at Anheuser-Busch in town, it's St. Louis. So everybody uh, wants to work for Anheuser-Busch, or at least that's what it was when I was growing up. And my dad worked there. My mother-in-law worked there. My uncle worked there all 30 years. Uh, my brother still works there. And another brother worked there uh, along with me for a uh, better part of a decade. So you know, I, I can tell you, I can, I could, I, I could probably hit a golf ball in my neighborhood here. And there's probably a handful of people that work for Anheuser-Busch here in St. Louis. It's a critical part of this town. Um, and it was always my dream to work there because my dad was working there. He had a critical hang, a piece of, uh, Bud Light was, uh, he was on the team that launched that, that company or that, that, oh, wow. uh, brand. Yeah. And I have actually have one of the original Spuds McKenzie posters, uh, in my house hanging here. So, um, I, I do that to remember always where I came from and, and my dad actually, that was out in, in LA when that happened, uh, and they launched it and he got a promotion from that and they moved to St. Louis and I was born three months later. So if it wasn't for Bud Light and Spuds McKenzie, I would be, uh, an LA kid. <laughs> so yeah, it's enough, I, was degrees LA, outside. So I was born in LA as well. Yeah. So yeah. And that wild. So, um, so I've always had a critical piece. It's always going to be a piece of my life. Um, you know, and I, I, I kind of see it as a blending of the two, my two worlds. So I mean, my two big influences, um, my dad and my, my grandpa, um, you know, my dad at the end of the day was a creative, uh, he still is, but he's marketer salesman. I learned a lot from working there for six years from having that drive that my dad put in, 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 in you know, in me. Um, and I didn't really get the entrepreneurial influence and I didn't understand that until after college and, and stuff we can get into. But, 
um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big piece of the, the entire journey right there was, uh, you know, just having that influence throughout the course of my life. Oh, that's, it, it, it's really interesting. Cause I, I, like, I always start off these interviews with this kind of story because it's, it's always, it's always telling like the, you know, everything I, I, I kind of have this theory that like the stuff that happens early in our life, it has like three or four times as much of an effect after like, than what we happened after 21, you know? So I always like finding this stuff out because it's, it fascinates me because, uh, you know, having someone who can tinker, I mean, so going up, like, do you think you were like your dad in the, and like, cause obviously you're in marketing now and you know a lot about marketing and building businesses. Do you kind of think you took after him in that regard, like personality wise, or is he different than you? And you kind of had to pick it up along the way and like learn it the, like, I don't want to say the hard way, but like, you know what I mean? Some stuff comes to you like real easy cause your parents are like that. And then sometimes it's not, how would you, how would you say that fits in for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I certainly have my drive and my motivation and, uh, my discipline and things like that comes directly from my dad. Um, we, you know, he was uh, a Marine uh, or is a Marine as you would correct me when I, if I said yeah. that, uh, <laughs> I was yeah. say, yeah, you're right. what's Marine always Marine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, I, I could hear him in the back of my head. Oh, no, always a Marine. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he had four boys and we were all kind of, you know, excuse my friends, but little shitheads, right? So he did what he had to do to complete, to, to run us like a little platoon and and keep us in line. And, you know, a lot of that stuff translated into how I run, uh, you know, my life on a day-to-day basis. I'm very much process-oriented. I'm very much, um, I get up, I do the same, almost the exact same thing every day. And I enjoy it. Like a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you do that. And like, I work out at the same time every day. I wake up at the same time every day. Um, you know, I you know, do certain tasks throughout the day. My business is, you know, all that stuff that I translate into my business that's working for me, the process, all that stuff comes from, you know, having an influence in my life that was highly disciplined in that Marine right. and that military culture. Um, you know, I didn't probably see the, the, the bright side of that when I was growing up, but you know, it, it, it really does uh, have a huge impact on me uh, now, especially as I grow uh, my business. And then I see, you know, I have a daughter now and, and how, you know, it's, I'm starting to see stuff from the other side of the coin, even though she's super young, I'm starting to see the, you know, how being a parent fits into all that stuff and the things that he had to do. It makes more sense to me now um, than it did maybe two years ago. Yeah. It's a, it's a big shift when people have that, when they, when they hit that journey, I always tell everybody like, you think, you know, your life, but uh, life changes when you get married and, and you're committed to somebody and then life changes again altogether when you uh, uh, have a kid and you're like, especially that moment when you realize like, oh crap, a kid's coming. And I think that's when the change happens again. Like, and then you have another change when they're born and you realize, oh, I wasn't prepared at all. Like, ah, right. you know, there were so many other things I didn't think of. Um, no. So, so let me let, you know, kind of transition in a bit, like growing up, like, did you, did you ever, before going to work for AB, did you ever go have like a business? Like, you know, a lot of people always have those, like, like I shoveled snow and delivered papers and cut grass. And like, I was kind of a little hustler, not really anything formal, but like I did that as much as I could because I just wanted to have my own money to buy my own stuff. I thought that was the coolest thing that I could pay for my own stuff at the store. Did you ever have anything like that growing up? Yeah. My brothers and I used to, uh, mow lawns. Uh, we were really good at that. Um, cause we wanted to buy X-Men comics. <laughs> you were about the same age <laughs> as me. And that was, that was the thing back in the day. So, yeah. um, ended up living by the, the comic book shop too, which was really cool. 
Um, that was our the last house we just moved from was right down the street. So, um, nice. yeah, so a lot of good memories. So yeah, we, we did the lawns. I was really good at, um, I forget what it's called, but the, you know, I don't know if you guys did this, but we, we sold like wrapping paper around Christmas time, or you did the, uh, I went to a, a Catholic school, so I don't know if it was a Catholic thing or whatever, but you had contests around that. I love okay. that stuff. And I would all, I would go door to door and knocking on, you know, getting people to buy me uh, for wrapping paper from me or like the poinsettia flower thing or like the variations on that throughout the year. Um, I always, you know, again, one of those things you don't really put the pieces together until you look back, um, and think like, oh man, I was on this path a lot longer than I thought. Uh, you know, that salesmanship, that drive and anything like that, you know, I learned some bumps and, and, and bruises along the way and, and some, you know, changes to it. I'm not a door to door salesman anymore, but I am selling things for a living. Right. So Absolutely. you start to, Absolutely. um, adapt over time. Right. Um, but, uh, and correlate those things, but yeah, essentially, you know, I, I've, you know, when I look back at it, I've always kind of had that little itch, um, to do something on my own for sure. No, I love it. Yeah, for me, that was a uh, Boy Scout popcorn, like uh, door, oh, yeah, door like go. going around. Um, I was in, I was in Boy Scouts all the way through, and like I would crush popcorn sales. And my sister did pretty well. She was less outgoing than I was, so she didn't do as much door knocking for uh, Girl Scout yeah. cookies, you know. But uh, man, I'll tell you, man, I I I was like her best customer though, because I would buy all those cookies with my money and buy them from her so she could hit her quotas. Um, yeah, well, you I want, guess I, that's I, cheating, you know, insider <laughs> trading, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I tell you what, you want to know a big reason why I got uh, had to had to go on that weight loss journey is those tubs of popcorn uh, uh, that come around Christmas time, man. I I was uh, <laughs> I was guilty of tearing through a couple of those myself. I was a Boy Scout as well, so that was I had that as well. Cool. So yeah, did you get eagle? Did you get eagle? I didn't go eagle, man. I, I wish I did. Um, I, I tried to be too cool for school and everything like that. And I thought, oh, you know, I was like, there, there was nobody left. I was doing Boy Scouts um, in my class. And, you know, it was all like outside. We had like group of, a group of schools that you know, everybody met um, right. for the Boy Scouts. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh, you know, my friends aren't doing it. So I didn't do it. But I, I look back, I regret that. I had a lot of fun with Boy Scouts. So. Yeah, it's uh, it, I did it all the way from like Tiger Cubs all the way through, but I I, nice. I almost did the same thing. Like I got I went back. Uh, my senior year was kind of rough, so some uh, health issues with my grandfather that uh, I, I kind of took a break from it, and they let me come back. And all I had to do was my Eagle Project. So like they were like, okay, well here you can have another like two months to get it done, and then we'll approve you. So I, I was able to get it at like eighteen and a half instead of eighteen. But mm. that's a story for another day. But um, sure, no, it's a uh, no, it's cool. I mean, because it's it's one of those things. I think you know one of the trends that I noticed with a lot of people is there's a lot of people who've had this like resourceful, industrious energy like growing up, and and it you know it's like I don't. I remember like, you know, I don't know if it was like this way in your area, but like being an entrepreneur just wasn't considered cool like it is now, right? Like everybody today seems like, the, you know, kids are like, oh, I don't want to go to college. I want to start a business. I want to do like Amazon or this or that or the other thing. And I mean, like when I was growing up, like I didn't have, I didn't know anybody that owned a business except Mr. Stern on the corner who owned all the uh, uh, self-storage facilities in our town. Mm. I would sit on his porch learning business from this old man who was like even older than my grandparents. And he like had a brand new Cadillac every two years. It was like, you know, that was big ballin back in the day. I was having a Cadillac. Sure. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's funny to me. Like when I see the story, it's always the same thing, you know, competitions with sports, competitions with sales, 
you know, selling Cutco knives. I don't know if you ever did that. I, I tried no. it for a few weeks. I sucked at it uh, myself. But anyways. Um, yeah, no, so I, kinda... I don't know. I mean, I don't, if I, if I had to think about it, I'm not sure if I knew anybody like my parents or even my brother, who's, um, about seven years older than me. I don't, I don't think I knew anybody that have any friends of his that, you know, maybe even when I was in high school that they were out of college doing their own thing. Yeah, it was, uh, especially in this town, right. Um, you know, everybody try to work for one of the big companies here, including AB. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I know anybody off the top of my head. That's a good point. Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of crazy like that. So, kind of going to college, like, um, you know, in high school, like, were you into, uh, you know, because I like I like to see this transition. This is another thing I noticed that's pretty common. Is like, were you into sports in high school at all, uh, in any way, or something competitive? Yeah, no, I I played football. Um, you know, I I we went to a pretty. Uh, I had a, a fairly, to say it the nicest way possible in case he's listening somehow. Uh, I had the, I had a very competitive football coach, <laughs> 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 uh, or some of my friends that might stumble on this podcast, um, won a lot of championships at a high school before he moved over, um, you know, and, um, came over with a very competitive attitude. And, um, I was, I'm a, I'm six foot, uh, just shy of six foot four. And, uh, at the time in high school, I was about 280 pounds. Um, and I was, um, trying to get into playing D one football. Okay. Um, I had a couple of offers. Um, I was, I was, you know, I could, I, I was going to be a, trying to be an architectural engineer, trying to go to, uh, uh, K state. Um, and I was trying to, you know, there was a couple of different directions, got a, I went out and got scouted by Kansas and Illinois and, uh, tried to go to Mizzou, Mizzou. I wasn't big enough or whatever, for other reason, they were never interested, even though I ended up going there, um, ended up, um, getting an offer from, um, Dayton, uh, which is D1 AA. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had some, uh, not only some knee problems, um, you know, in senior year. Um, for various reasons, uh, weight and, um, you know, just the abuse, um, also had some, uh, heart issues in high school that kind of took me by surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. A whole nother discussion, but I had pretty severe cases of, um, atrial fibrillation, um, which is typically something that you have when you're older. Um, I'm actually a case study here in town at the children's hospital, um, for being as young as I am with the type of of uh atrial fib that i had big mystery box okay. for everybody involved went to a hunt, whole bunch of specialists kind of looked at and reevaluated the entire situation and just thought it wasn't probably the smartest idea to um you know to be putting football in, in my mixed um so went to mizzou and uh which is great because i ended up you know meeting my wife there so um and don't regret it, it whatsoever out, right yep so what was that like going to college? Like, like, so you go to college, you, I, I think you said you, you started out in business and then you switched to computers. Yep. Like, what was that like, you know, going through? Cause again, I, I still think at this point you were still on the track to go work for like, you want, like, were you working? Did you work at AB during college? I think you said you were like a tour guide at one point. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, they only did an internship for, um, I think it was like juniors and seniors, um, you know, uh, or juniors maybe, um, you know, and this is all pre, you know, world collapsing in the market in the financial markets and everything like that. Um, so, um, I'm in school from 2004, to, uh, I graduated in 2009 with my IT degree and my minor was a 
uh, five years together. Um, right. So, um, you know, I, I did do the tour guide. One of the things that I noticed very early on with me, even though I was, you know, played football and did everything like that. And even with the stories of, uh, of me going out and, and selling papers and stuff like that, I'm a very introverted person. Um, I identified that as kind of a weakness in my, my personality and, and, um, the tour guide job was a perfect opportunity. Not only was it a perfect opportunity to break that mold because I, I, I knew that that would be something that I needed to do. Um, right. but again, I didn't have no idea I would be on a podcast. Right. So it's just a, a thing in my person, a personality gap that I had. Um, but, uh, also it was a great paying job. So at Anheuser-Busch in the brewery, you could take people on tours, um, about 50 to hundred people at a time or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, I ended up working there. It was a great job. Got my foot in the door, so to speak with a company that I wanted to end up working for. Um, but yeah, I did in junior year, I got an internship there. Um, and that's actually when all the craziness started and the world was starting to shift. Um, and a midstream there when I was an intern there Anheuser Bush got bought by InBev, yeah, um, which was, time, I think. Yeah. yep. It was a big, cause the, the dollar was falling and, and there was a whole bunch of stuff happening at that t- time where, um, you know, one European country came in and, and, and a company bought, um, about the big American company shocked the whole city for sure. If not everybody heard about it. Right. So, um, crazy times. Uh, my dad was a 30 year guy at that time. He had, you know, had first round of retirements post that and, um, still, you know, we're still on the path though. It had no influence. I was still, you know, wanting to work for this company that, um, was a huge staple and, and blood of the, the city, um, for sure. But, um, yeah, it was, I was that entire time. My mission statement was, you know, Anderson Bush is huge company. I worked as an internship in their IT department. Little did I know by the time that I got that internship to the time I got out of college, the intern department would be next to nothing because it would have all been outsourced uh, overseas by then because IT jobs were fleeing. Um, it, was, it couldn't possibly have gotten into a worse industry. Our, our graduation speech was awful. Like the guy, the guy was, my dad was like, that was depressing. Like the guy is talking about how you know, there's not going to be any jobs available and everything's getting outsourced and oh, no. you know, basically best of luck to you. Um, really, really, I, that, that speech will never, uh, <laughs> never live down for me. Uh, cause you know, you're like, yay, I guess, I don't know. I'm graduated. Uh, but that's kind of the, the world that I, you know, that all of these things kind of pushed me down the path that I ended up to here. I don't, it, it's so hard to think like any downside of it because, yeah. everything we're talking about all, you know, led to me and my wife and, and then, you know, put me into a path where I took a job that wasn't even in it afterwards because I needed to get a job and not right. live in my yeah, parents' gotta, basement. And, yeah. And, and I, I applied, you know, not to jump ahead here, but, uh, when I got out of college, no, there was no jobs at AB. Um, I started applying to anything remotely it. Like I said, that the it department at AB was basically gone. They weren't hiring anybody. Um, you know, I was applying to multiple jobs a day. I think it was, you know, something like five, 10 jobs a day around town, not getting a word back from anybody. I had great grades too. Um, you know, and just, but that's the reality of the world we were in in that time, that 2009, very not, not too dissimilar to people that probably were coming out right now. Um, and that ended up getting me into my first, um, attempt at being an entrepreneur afterwards was the fact that I just couldn't get 
any form of, of, of job. Uh, and I, the one interview that I got in the IT world, I went up against a guy that was a 30 year guy and he ended up taking an intro level job. And the guy oh, was that's, like, that's yeah, it's bad because that was the guy, the guy had family and he had, a, he had bills. Right. I mean, I can't blame the guy. So, and the, the, the guy that interviewed me said, he's like, you know, I, I just, what do you, I can't, I apologize. I'd hire you normally, but you know, I got this guy with all this experience It's going to take the same amount of pay that you're going to get. Um, and then I started having to look, you know, that was one of the big critical things. I was like, all right, well, I got to look to something else because I'm just twiddling my thumbs in the basement trying to get, you know, applications in. That's all I was doing for months on end. That's crazy. That's around the same time I, st I, I got done about a year ahead of you. And, and I came to work for Disney at the lowest paying job I ever had was $6 and 76 an hour with a bachelor's mm. degree in finance. Cause that was like, everything was just shut down. Like they'd laid off three years ahead of me on wall street. And I'm, I, I avoided that. Cause I mean, I never would have met my wife had I not moved to Florida, you know, and that's, yep. you know, sequence of events. That's why I don't really live a lot in regret, you know? And, and I think, you know, it's always good to, I think, you know, young people need to have some kind of adversity, um, kind of just like in that, in that fashion, right? Like they need to have that because it's like, when you realize like you need to work for that job, like you'll appreciate it more than if you graduate, like top of the market and like there's 20, you know, I got 20 offers, you know, kind of thing, yeah. right. That happens in different times. Like, so, so taking that back, like what you, you mentioned, like that was kind of like the first time you got started entrepreneurially like what did you do back then and like how did that turn out so i uh i had an it degree right so i knew right. how to build websites so um i was like you know what i'll build a website and i, <laughs> and I don't remember i don't remember the, exactly the chain of events like if, right. if i if i found some pdf or if i saw you know it was all wso land back then and uh, warrior forum and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. The old uh, days. Those are oh, the yeah. old, old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting old heads, man. Uh, yeah. so a lot of people don't even have any idea what we're talking about. Probably. So yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and I can't remember the exact, you know, thing that happened. So basically, um, I created a site called the college weight loss plan. I lost a hundred pounds in the middle of college, never gave up on my lifestyle in terms of drinking, going out and having a bunch of fun. Um, but I was able to lose this weight. So I learned a couple of things in that. I created the site, created my journey, um, tried to have like a downloadable workout plan. Getting Even back then, SEO was pretty hard. Uh, getting traffic right. there, I was getting, you know, handsy, onesie, twosie guys coming in, nothing crazy. Then I started getting into, uh, all right, I'm, now I'm getting traffic, but nobody's downloading my, my stuff. How do I get any more uh, advertising? That led me to Google AdSense. Uh, oh, long, really yeah, yeah. Back. So long, <laughs> and then, then I figured out about Google ads and I'm like, well, you know what, you know, it's a lot easier than having my own offer is driving my own, uh, driving traffic to somebody else's offer. Right. So that was super early on. I started learning about paid traffic. Meanwhile, when I'm figuring all this out, I did end up getting a job at, at, uh, Anheuser Bush as a, um, a contractor. So I was actually working for somebody else and contracted to Anheuser Bush. Um, in the trade marketing department of all things, completely unrelated to my major. Um, but you know, I was kind of slowly putting this whole thing together It never really failed, so to speak, I guess. Um, but it certainly didn't generate me any money. Um, I guess you could technically call it a failure if, because the fact that I, you know, whatever the WordPress site cost plus some monthly bills on that, 
was pretty much what I went into, but I ended up getting into Google AdWords as kind of like the next venture and just kind of closed that site down. No, that's cool, man. So, so kind of like circling back, like you kind of just more or less had to figure it out along the way, right? Like you didn't have anyone kind of telling you, Hey, go, go start this website. It was just like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you were winging it, but it sounds like some of, there was a lot of that going on in those days, you know, just winging it, kind of trying to figure things out and work through like arguably like the worst recession for us to graduate college into, yeah. you know, in that time well, frame. I think that was it too, right? Like when, when we were getting started, uh, you and I, like there wasn't as much of a structure around, it just wasn't as much availability, right? right. I mean, like if I would have tried to explain what I was doing to my friends at that moment in time, like they would just be like, what are you talking about? Like you're, you're going to sell a weight loss plan on the internet. And now you can go on Instagram and I could get you 400 people doing the exact same thing in a matter of minutes. Right. So it's, it was just a, uh, it's just, it's a whole different world back then, but yeah, there was no real direction. Not only wasn't there no real direction, there was barely Facebook back then. Right. So, uh, you know, totally different world to what we have now. Um, and yeah, it, it's been, it's been crazy to see it kind of go, but yeah, it had to be ad hoc kind of by the nature of it because there's just right. no direction back then. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, cause I think that's, that, that's a, you know, hearing all these details, like so many, like, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just listening and I, I, I love hearing people's stories and, and like connecting the dots because like everybody I've had on, like I've had a personal relationship with in one form or another. And it's like, when you hear people's stories, you always hear the connect the dots. And I find that interesting. Like, so taking that back, like, so, so we're doing AdWords, like you're promoting other people's stuff. When did you start along the way? Like, so you're working at AB during the day, you're building this stuff probably at night after work, you know, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Like at what point was that transition of saying like, Hey, I'm doing well enough with this internet thing. I didn't plan for this to be how my life was going. I thought I was going to work, you know, 30 years like my dad at AB and, and yeah. build a career and all that sort of thing. Like, what was that impetus that pushed you? I mean, was it the money that you were making? Was it just like I, you were having more fun? Like, what's that story for you? I mean, there's years in there. Um, okay. I was doing, you know, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for, for six years. Right. Okay, so, so, than I oh, yeah. No, but well, here's the thing. Like, even so going way back. I still don't know about Don or I don't know about Ben. So like, you know, we've been, we've known each other for a long, for, for six years or whatever. That's, I, that's when I left. Right. But I, wow, I, so yeah. six years before that is how long I worked there. Right. So right, right. I was doing, uh, actually the, the game second life, uh, would pay you, uh, a dollar per sign up. And back then, and it was in the Google, and this is where it gets crazy to me. I still can't put this together and I, I laugh about it all the time. That was in the Google affiliate network, something that's been non-existent for probably 10 years. Um, I don't even remember promoting anything. <laughs> yeah. network, you know, this is back, years like, ago. Yeah. Um, put, really putting my, uh, my age out there. So that's okay. uh, that's it's all right. You know, it's, it's, in, in reality, I'm not that old. In internet days, I'm, I'm kind of getting there, right? So yeah, we're ancient, dude. Like two years is like 10 years in, in the yeah. real world. Like we're in like yeah, the time exactly. So I was running Google ads to an offer on the Google affiliate network. And I was getting people to sign up for 25 cents or so and, and getting that dollar 75 cents to a dollar, um, per sign up, pretty money. And I could scale it never really right. dawned on me that I could, 
you know, potentially get like a loan or something like that. So I'm flipping as much money as I have, which is basically nothing at that time. And I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm making money and this is, is sustainable. And I I'm waking up and I'm having like a thousand dollar a day. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is, and this is insane. I'm not making that much money at my job. Um, and uh, let alone on this internet thing. Well, I ended up getting the Google smack for an offer on the Google affiliate network. They were no longer happy with it. And they, they banned my ad accounts. Uh, yeah. So that one in, and, and again, don't have any direction. Don't even know what I'm doing. Just kind of backwards my way into that. Uh, I was left kind of wild, you know, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Right. And lo and behold, Facebook starts opening up as a thing a, a year or so later. Um, time frame is, is a, it's been a, enough time where I don't remember exactly how it is. I, is I went like between a couple organic of days things. or was this like when Facebook ads first came out? Like, cause like, there was a big have, organic day. We like, don't even have, I, my first business on Facebook was helping businesses in my area. So and I, I think this might've been Ben's thing actually, now that I think about it, but uh, I was helping businesses in my area set up their Facebook pages and then uh, I would run little ads to them. Oh, so wow. okay. this is so far long ago that uh, people didn't have any idea what, why they needed a Facebook page and why they would help them and what they would do with it. So I started yeah. just oh, signing up my, my local bar, <laughs> my, my, my favorite golf course. I started signing up all these people um, and getting that going, learned that that wasn't very scalable. Still now I'm wandering in, in the darkness, so to speak. Um, right. And what comes along, I'm in, I'm in New York visiting a buddy of ours uh, that's up there. And I'm, I think I've gotten a promotion into uh, AB at the time. And I'm, I'm doing well there. Um, still kind of dabbling and everything. But uh, Don Wilson does a promo for a PDF uh, about selling T-shirts. And, oh, yeah. and, and I was like, I was like, what are you talking about, man? And I'm, I'm like reading this in, and it's like uh, six o'clock in the morning. I'm of course I'm up and I downloaded it and I'm reading this PDF about how he's selling this t-shirt and everything like that. And I'm in New York in my buddy's apartment on his floor and I'm thinking pung over and everything. I'm like, this sounds weird, but maybe I'll try it when I get home. Right, well, right. Yeah. So I signed up to Teespring very early on in this and everything. And, uh, I had some groups back then for whatever reason, started selling them t-shirts in that group that worked out, started joining some other groups. And this is before we had ads in the newsfeed and all that stuff. So we're again, dating ourselves here, but, um, and people weren't even on their phones yet using Facebook. So I know, right. Cause everything yeah. was still desktop back then. I remember exactly. Don and I, they didn't even Don have an and ad. I did one of those PDF products together. We JV'd on something, I think in 2013, 2014, when we were building those Facebook groups and he was doing that pit bull stuff, you know, yep. like, I don't know if you were there for that or saw those, but yes, sir. Yeah. I remember that because he had pit bulls <laughs> and I had, I had, had recently got a labradoodle with my wife. And so I had a labradoodle page, oh, um, awesome, sold labradoodle and golden doodle and, and did a bunch of stuff like that. So that really led me into finding my groove, which was being creative and, and coming up with t-shirts started doing very well in a couple of niches. And then the Shopify stuff came up and that's when I started going from hobby to business mode. Okay. And for the people listening to this call, if you're on your, uh, and you're maybe you're even at your day job at your, while you're listening to this, um, I am not advocating for this because you, you literally are burning the candle in both ends. 
But at the end of the day, you really need to make your, your choice and you make make your decision and you stick behind it. And I was deciding back then because yeah, I was starting to make more money at this hobby than I was at my job, even though along the way here, along this timeline that I'm describing to you, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm making way more money than my, my friends are in my day job. Um, I'm getting promotions. I had a job at the end of, um, this run when I left that I, you know, I was managing the purchasing of all beer cans in North America for Anheuser-Busch and it's the biggest beer company in, uh, in North America, if not the world, but I just North America, I was the guy doing the contracts and the bidding, the forecasting and the buying and all this different stuff and kegs and, and lids and stuff like that. So very high responsibility job, learned a ton along the way. Very, you got to meet a lot of people who knew, you know, how to run businesses, do marketing, learned a lot, but I was still making more doing this hobby. So my wife, uh, God love her said, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to make this not only just a hobby where it's like one day you're doing real well, you know, the next week you're, you're not, cause you're not paying attention to it. You need to turn this into something that's consistent. So right. I would spend, smart lady. Was, she's smart. yeah, she's smart very lady. smart. Oh yeah. She, yeah. She keeps me, uh, she keeps me in line. That's for sure. Uh, so you know, I was able to, I had to come home and you, you do end up saying a lot more no's than you say yes. Right. Making tough choices. Meanwhile, the Cardinals are going on world series runs and doing all this cool shit here in St. Louis. And I'm, I'm making hard choices, not going out, doing my job. Cause I want to break free. Right. I had this itch all the way through this thing, just continue this stuff that now I'm talking to you. And I think goes back, you know, decades and was able to turn a hobby into a consistent amount of income. Now our timeline was, uh, I think it was six months, right? Right. So six months and I, and then I made the commitment, uh, to leave and turn it into a, um, you know, turn it into a profession, turn it into a business. Um, you're, you're whatever, whoever's there, like you're going to have to make that choice. And if you're going to ever break free, you got to make those decisions of, I was coming home and something I could not do right now, but in, in my early twenties and everything, I could do it where I was coming home and I have a demanding job where I'm coming home. If I'm come home at seven, have dinner with my wife, go down in the basement and work until two, three o'clock in the morning, get up, repeat and do it all over again. And I was trying to, I could perform at both because I was dedicated to, to both in my own unique way, but I had to do each one of them. Right. Not again, something I highly recommend because you are literally burning the candle at both ends. But if you want, yeah, you can't do it for very long. That's for sure. And you basically yeah. probably had no life at that point because you're basically sleeping, yeah. or working, or working on the business. Like, and then seeing your wife certainly not through the week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, certainly not through the week. Do I have some ups and downs? I put a little bit of weight back on at certain things. Yeah, did I carry stress probably more than I should have? Yeah. You know, I, it, it, it was what it was. It got me to where it was. So it's kind of my little trial by fire of, can I make this thing, um, a, a business and I'll learn that I could. So, you know, it ended up putting in my two weeks and, and getting free, um, of the day job responsibility and, and I could do full force into, you know, the thing that I've been doing for the last six years. So back at that point, like when you were transitioning, were you still like, systemizing the t-shirt stuff because that that like i don't think you know a lot of people listening you know knew that era like people were creating these like print on demand shirts and you know we've mentioned don who owns gear bubble i need to get yep. him on here and, and tell that story because i remember when he started that idea and i thought it was like 
dude, like, you, why, why would you create this? Because the mm-hmm. Teespring, and that was the popular one back in the day. And I think they had just taken a round from Goldman. Uh, and I was like, what, you're going to compete with them? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be better. I remember I remember having the call with him. I can still hear his voice. He was, you know, so dead sure. And here enough, you know, he's rather large now doing quite a bit of volume. So were you right. still doing that whole print-on-demand stuff at that time? Is that what you're systemizing? Or had you transitioned into something like more like, because obviously a lot of e-commerce stuff, print on demand is kind of a unique business model yeah. that maybe a lot of people don't realize and you, you know, things come and go. Whereas like a lot of people have like this, you know, there's another business model where it's more Amazon, where you order inventory, you send it to Amazon. Like, you know, I, I had a business for a few years where you're teaching people how to wholesale stuff that way. But um, like, what were you doing at this point before you transitioned to keep that consistency? Because print on demand, I'm not sure if it was ever really consistent for anybody that I knew anyway at the time you know, it's kind of hit or miss, you know, up and down. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it it was certainly more hit and miss back then. I mean, like I said, the uh, Shopify was on its up and upswing. That was when a lot of uh, of us got into drop shipping. I I had a fitness store and we did um, very well, ended up selling it um, in, in drop shipping space. Um, I, you know, I ended up coming back to print on demand because of people uh, and solutions that were created a little bit after the fact of, uh, you know, in, in the print on demand space, it was the reason that I don't think I, I stepped into it at first was that the solutions weren't there. There was a little bit of a bridge right when I got out, um, where Shopify, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, print on demand was on the platforms was great, but even Don right. back then, I don't even know if Don was there yet. I think Don was, uh, after I, I left, but you know, it, it, it had a, um, a, a limitation to it, right? The number of items that you could do, um, was limited to like shirts and tank tops and apparel. I remember when it was only shirts and you couldn't do anything else. Right. You couldn't upsell, right. you couldn't downsell, you had no emails, nothing, right, at this time. Well, now you can pretty much do whatever the heck you want. And, um, you know, the, the store that I just sold um, was a print-on-demand store. But you get it to a certain point, I call it more of like a consignment on demand. I didn't use like one of the the apps or um, even like with, with Don. Don and I have had plenty of business together uh, to say the least, but we ended up getting in with suppliers that were, you know, I could hit targets and do some of the stuff that I learned in my day job of forecasting and hitting targets and giving volume commitments and, and then reducing my price and my cost of goods sold that um, helped me scale beyond where my, you know, competition necessarily was. So, Print on demand is an amazing first step and great business model. I still teach plenty of people how to do it today. Um, cool. but the tools and things like that are that are available today are just light years ahead of where they were um, years ago. I mean, even look with like Eric at Shine On and those guys and stuff like that, the jewelry space. I remember when Eric left Teespring and, and ended up starting that thing. And it was totally different back then um, to where it is today. So. Lots of cool changes have occurred in this. Um, yeah, like we said, it's it's only been a handful of years, but it feels like it's like decades of improvement. Well, and I think that's the that's the cool part is the learning curve of these businesses is like you know they're growing like and changing fifty, eighty, hundred percent in a year, and I think that's just something like you know taking it back to the listener. If you're, you're kind of in this situation where you're used to like a one-on-one client environment, like, Oh, what's this crazy thing about the internet. And what's great about it is, is that anything that doesn't work very well or doesn't have like, you know, I would say good, like a good, uh, good value proposition, like a good price, good service and, and good customer support, you know, 
uh, to, to boot, it doesn't last long because somebody right. will come along and whoop your butt real quick um, oh, yeah. because it doesn't cost much to start a new business. I mean, you know, it might have cost 10, 20, 30 million dollars to create some of the businesses now that people are creating for under a million and they're doing like their asset turnover ratios are ridiculous. I come from a finance background, so I'm like, I look at these models and I'm just like, this is ridiculous how much leverage there is now with mm -hmm. very relatively small sums of capital compared to even when we started. I mean, that would have cost 20, 30 times as much to get off the ground as it does today, like all these softwares. And I just think it's like, I love the SaaS space for that reason. It's like you get an idea and some of these guys are coding SaaS's in, in a matter of weeks or months. And getting like minimum viable products. Like, I don't know if you ever read that book lean startup back in the day, but like back then, like that was such a revolutionary idea. And I'm like, lean startup is what all people do now, right? right. They, they get a business off the ground. They test the idea. They put it in front of people, get a lander up, see if people are willing to swipe their card. And if they are go for it, if not, okay, you lost a couple hundred bucks and you test an idea and you move on to something else. Right. It's, Yep. It's just a whole different world out there today, which I think that's great. Um, you know, and this is something I'd, I'd love your perspective on because one thing I've I've personally struggled in my journey um, is I want process with a lot of things. I'm just not a very good documenter. I know it when I see it, but it's not something I like sitting down doing because I get bored in front of the computer. Yeah. Um, unless I'm talking to people, like I, I could do this all day, but um, documenting things and screenshots and stuff, I just get bored pretty fast. But like, how do you... Um, how do you balance that that desire to have processes? Because obviously when stuff is changing really quickly, like you have to have extremely like, like uh, you know, I, I love the book by Nassim Taleb called Anti-Fragile, where it's like the more change happens, the stronger the thing gets, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where business is evolving to as we get further along in the 21st century is like you have to volatility has to increase your strength, not make you like snap, right? You're not, you're not a, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, when you're under tension, like the iron snaps or whatever, it's like sure. the opposite of that. So how do you, when you're like documenting processes or thinking through new business, because a lot of people that are listening are like starting out and they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know this, but like, like taking that, that more process-based approach while still like keeping that like agility to like say, Hey, we're going to sprint and get this done in like three days. That's kind of what I do to balance it. But like, what do you have to say about that to somebody who's starting out right now? Um, somebody that's starting out, I think one of the biggest things I see from training people and, and stuff like that is, um, at what, I think the phrase is fail forward, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, and that. it just do not, do not let like, it's never going to be perfect. Let's put it that way. It's never going to be perfect. And you have to look at things as a constant improvement. Um, right. and you know, I think about the site that I just sold, it was doing nearly 20 million, um, in revenue a year. And, right. uh, we, in the last year spent, um, a good six figures on, uh, conversion rate optimization, meaning that even in the peak of the sales, I was still spending and reinvesting into conversion rate optimization, which you would think a lot of people would be like, oh, I need to optimize for conversions before I even start. No, it's a constant improvement, even into your prime and, years and, and beyond. Can you just, uh, just, just to clarify, since that's kind of a specialty term, yeah. can you tell everybody briefly what conversion rate optimization is and how it relates to e-commerce? Yeah, okay, so conversion rate optimization is basically uh, taking, taking your site, taking any site that you go to Amazon, just for instance, is, is I know heavily invested to the tunes of millions and millions of dollars in the conversion rate optimizations. I mean, they are, 
uh, tweaking little things in their site, color schemes, fonts, placements of buttons, um, the way that images are outlined, the way that they tell their people to uh, post images on their site, right? Because Amazon's a, a marketplace full of individual suppliers. Um, all of those things have little bumps in your conversion rate. Um, some things are huge wins. Most of the time, it's a very small win. So if you can take, say, just for example, um, 2% is a decent conversion rate for uh, the average e-commerce business. It really depends on how you get your traffic, but 2% would give you an industry average. Meaning just, just I, I don't mean to cut Two you out off, of 100. Yeah. Two out of 100 people end up buying the thing when they land on the page just for everybody. Right. And that doesn't down. sound impressive. But it, that that it that is ends up being pretty decent um, if depending on your traffic, right? I have a business uh, that I consult for that has a two percent conversion rate, and it it's actually fairly profitable. But they give like a thirty percent um, profitability. So two um, percent. So if I can change up things on the site to take that from two percent to maybe two point five, three percent, meaning one more person out of a hundred. Uh, buys, right? If I get it up to 3%, three out of a hundred right. people buying, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, I get 10,000 visitors a day, right? So you can see, and then if it's 10,000 visitors a day, you got 30 days in a month, you have 365 days in a year. You can start seeing how one more person ends up yeah. being uh, per hundred ends up being a lot of people. So companies do this um, and it, it, it can change your business because you're already paying for the same traffic, right? right. You're already it's paying for that hundred people. Like it, it's, yeah. it's free money is essentially exactly. what it ends up being, right? Yeah. So you can really reshape your business. So we did a lot of things on the site that I just sold. We were averaging towards the 5% conversion rate. Um, wow. you can, right. and, and that was because we just poured money into it and we were, as long as we were getting a return it worked. Um, and we had a, an amazing return in the last year due to uh, a lot of the wins that we had. And I can take that and, you know, learn from it and put it into all my businesses going forward. So long story short, um, you know, we're, we're constantly learning, right? It's not, I don't ever look at it as, is I'm going to have everything in place, um, before I start jumping into a venture, you need to look at it as minimal viable product. I think that's when I get. I, I think about how IT, how do I, how do I use IT in my, uh, you know, career or my life now? How do what, my, my five-year degree, how do I even, you know, I'm not programming on my sites anymore or anything like that, but how do I use it? Well, you look at it as I know the end result that I want, right? Which, and if you're a business owner, you want to, you want a lifestyle that, um, you know, maybe I'm living right now. I, I, I have still want you know, uh, more out of my life and I got 30 year, you know, 50 or whatever years to go, hopefully more than that, right. I guess. But, um, you know, I know what the lifestyle is and that the goal that I want, the, the things that I want to provide for my daughter and my wife, how do I get there? And uh, you take it in a systematic approach from that. And if you look at it as, I'm always going to start tomorrow or I'm going to make this one more change and then we're going to get going. You're never going to get there because in, in IT, what you do is you, you fail forward. You have, you know, the solution, you back up and you start testing along the way. And more than likely, it's not great. It's probably going to fail. And then you take one little tweak and then you change that and try it again. Take another tweak, try it again. Take another tweak, try it again. And that's how businesses are really built, right? Too. Um, no business 
it was perfect from the get go. And then the biggest companies in the world all have are constantly changing any moment in time. I mean, look at the changes that are getting forced onto some of the oldest industry, you know, the oldest industry, the, the oil industry, the car industry in, in this current moment and where the trends going, we have Tesla coming out of essentially nowhere in, in the grand scheme of things and, and timeline now more valuable than a lot of them combined. <laughs> Uh, they're going to have to make the changes. You just saw, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but um, Cadillac has a beautiful looking uh, electric car coming out. Um, yeah. and, and that that change was for, basically forced upon them by the market and everything. So it's constantly moving in that direction of change. And once you realize that and embrace that as an entrepreneur, I think you realize that, you know, you, like you said, you can get started for, for, I mean, it's, it's easier now more than ever. You can get a Shopify store for $40, right? You can get a free trial too, while you're doing, you're building it. You can get a store open. You can get a drop ship product or a print on demand product, meaning you have zero inventory. You can get a Facebook ad for $25. The only thing that you need, you know, to test out your product and probably get a sale if you, if you take your time and do it right. All being that I'm, I'm still not going to hesitate. I'm not waiting for the perfect product. I'm not waiting to, you know, get samples in. I'm not waiting to do all these things. I'm taking action and pushing in the right direction. Um, and if I, if it sucks, you know what, or if it fails, I'm going to learn from it. I'm not going to let that be something that prevents me from learning. Yeah. I always say you either win or you learn. That's like one of my sayings, like yeah. always you either win or you learn. And, and there's no such thing as losing because I think this has been, you know, just as a, as a personal moment of vulnerability, this has been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn because as, as a consultant, a lot of times I've always like, until I would say about 30 or 31, when I realized this is like, your job is not to have all the answers. Your job is to know what to do, no matter what happens. And that took me years to learn as a person, because I, you know, as a people pleaser, I always want to do right by everybody. And I like, I'll break my own back just to like not let somebody down because I don't know how to be any other way. And I realized along the way um, I had to learn this lesson. Yeah, I knew it intellectually, but I think it's one of those things that like even when you know it intellectually and you've been in the game and you've, you've, you've done lots of things and, you know, for every one thing that's worked, you've probably done 10 or 15 things that didn't work out anywhere near what you planned on. Oh, sure. Um, you still – like for me, it just, it was a really painful thing to integrate. And it was like, I, I kind of had to surrender to it. Honestly, it was just like, look, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. And you're going to wear out before you ever, before this, this will beat you if you don't like embrace it. And I think that's, it's something that, um, I think a lot of people might, you know, if they knew all the details of your story and we're not going to get into some of that stuff, but like people would be like, Oh, like, well, that's easy for him to say or whatever. And I think, you know, one thing I, I always try to convey to people and thankfully everybody I've had on has said this in more or less the same way as you're, you're saying, um, is that it is that whole fail forward thing, right? Because, yeah. you know, that one win is, is it's like every failure is like a 1% loss, but like that one win is like, it ends up, being a homer in comparison. So you don't need to win more than you lose. You need to learn so that when you do win, those wins like add up and move you so much forward. They're like giant leaps forward rather than like in incremental gains. Like that's how yeah. I think a lot of people starting out, they think their wins are going to be incremental gains and their losses are going to be incremental losses. And it's like a game of attrition, right? Whereas yep. in reality, um, and I mean, you and me talked off, off air about this and I, I thought this was really cool is, is like, when you when you have that big win, like that one percent change when you're having ten thousand people a day, 
I mean, like, I I know enough about e-commerce to know what that number like turns into, like bottom line profits in your pocket. And it's it's astonishing to me because a lot of people just won't take those chances and say, hey, what if this sucks for a couple of days? And like when you're getting 10,000 people, like nobody's going to start out at that kind of level. But like you can do tons of tests and you can actually, it kind of creates like that flywheel effect, which I think is like one of the neatest concepts in business is like, how do you create a flywheel with everything you're doing? Uh, where the more you put into it, the more energy comes out. It's it's leverage. And so I think that's something that I I believe is really important to get out there with people uh, is conveying that whole constant iteration like that, you know, constantly making tests and tweaks and, and, and coming through and having that attitude and saying, look, you're going to fail eight out of 10 times, but those two times you win are going to make all those failures beyond worth it. And it's think, just kind of like yeah. a muscle to develop, you know? A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, my mindset is the, in yeah, you know, I, I can understand how somebody's like, Hey Matt, you know, uh, it's so easy for you to do that. You know, you have the, the funds or whatever. And you know what, like you're, yeah, we could go into a whole story about how, um, I ran. You didn't always uh, though. You didn't yeah, always though. No, absolutely not. I had to borrow money to pay my taxes, my personal taxes from my girlfriend at the time, because I didn't, you know, I didn't handle things appropriately when I was making a little bit of money and I've had, I've had failure points and I've lived paycheck to paycheck and I overextended myself in my first house so bad because I wanted to get out of my parents' basement. I didn't calculate the things that I thought. And, uh, you know, there's all stories like that. And right. I think the, the big one of the biggest things of if you go back to that two out of 100 number, I think one of the biggest things in mindset is if you can do this online business, you're not going to have people in front of you saying no. But I, if you take the two out of 100, that's 98 people telling me no every day out of that 100 people, right? And right. you can do that over 10,000 people. So when it, in the grand scheme of things, you will always have more no's than yeses in your business. It's nobody that goes out there uh, and just is just absolutely killing it without rejection. I mean, when we let's take it all the way back when you were selling popcorn and I was selling wrapping paper. I guarantee you, you got more doors. You open more doors and people told you no than you got yeses. Yeah. The thing that made you the champion or you winning a contest or whatever, and, and, and I was trying to win that wrapping paper contest, is I was willing to get more no's than the next guy was right. Yeah. And, and I actually lost that for a long time because I, I didn't know that getting no was a problem. It right. wasn't until my twenties when I learned like, Oh shit, like I got rejected like a lot. And then I got nervous and I was like, cause I never, it never occurred mm. to me when I was young. Like I didn't even actually think about this ever until what you just said. I never thought about like nobody answering the door or someone saying, Hey, I don't have the money right now or whatever yep. they said. Like I never thought of his rejection. It was like, okay, next. Like it, it, like it just went right over my head as a kid. It was like, how can I get this neighborhood? And I was more concerned with how can I do it in an hour so I can be get, do it all before I go to dinner, like like dinner time. That was more my thought in my mind yeah. rather than worried about yeah, rejection. Yeah, the, the, you know? the benefit of being, you know, on, on those outside influences have told you that that no was a bad thing. You just thought it was a thing right. to keep you in the steps, you know just a, a little roadblock for you. And that's what you got to really think about, right? Is right. You're, you, you, you will learn. Like I, I'm in the print on demand space. We try stuff all the time because you know what? We don't have any risk. So if I try a shirt today and it doesn't work, I just try you know, two more tomorrow, right? Because I don't have a room full of the inventory somewhere that I got to move, right? So that's right, why I right, love right. that business model a little bit is I'm always constantly testing. Now, it, there's, there's a whole conversation about, you know, especially going back to AB, you know, before they launch 
the next version of Bud Light, there's millions of dollars of research going into that before they start that product. We don't have to do that. Uh, and it could still fail, by the way. But if you know, in, in these models and dropshipper or the e-com models that are popular right now, you don't have to worry about necessarily that inventory risk if you don't want to. So right. yeah, I, I think as an entrepreneur, especially in today's day, the fast paced day and age, you got to be ready for a bunch of no's. And if that kind of scares you, you're not in the right mindset. Or maybe this isn't for you, and that's perfectly fine too. But you're going to get no's, and you should lean into that and take it as a learning lesson. And that that, that fear, or that that, that uh, roadblock you might be feeling needs to be a motivator and trying to turn that around. To be a dork about it, it's like uh, Batman uses the fear as a thing to go out there and, and change the world, right? You're kind of right. doing the same thing. As you, If you're feeling that fear, that hesitation, that means lean in uh, and 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 because you're on the right path because you're, you're, that resistance that you're going to break through is going to make sure that you're changing, your business is changing in the right direction. And it comes with a little yeah. bit of loss and a little bit of risk for sure, but anything good does. Yeah, and I mean that's 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 like anything. I mean, it's it's you know going back to dating. You know, you're, you you talk to a lot of a lot of women, and and a lot of them reject you, mm -hmm. and then eventually you meet the one you end up with, and it's like, I I don't like I was telling my wife about this a couple of weeks ago. We were having dinner, and I was like, you know, I just can't even remember what my life was like before you. Like, I can't remember even now what my life was like thinking I was going to be the CEO of Disney. That was my like. I wanted to be uh, the CEO of Disney when I went down there after leaving my wall street dream, which was what I wanted to do from like fifth grade until graduating college. I had one goal. I wanted to be the middleman between the money guys and the real estate developers. I had one wow. dream for fifth grade to like 20, whatever I was when I graduated and it, and it just never worked. And like, now there's all those fund rise and stuff. And had I been in that industry, like I would have had to gone straight to the top, but like nobody was doing mortgage backed security. So I got like, my whole like roadmap pulled out from under me and, and it was just weird, but it's like, I don't remember that because I'm so I I've, I've had so many tests and I'm on like Brad, I, I call it a Brad OS is my nerdy completely joke. And you're as an IT guy, you'll appreciate this. I call it Brad OS. I'm on like Brad OS version, like 14 right now. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of, I joke about it, but that's, I think like the big key with all of this, um, you know, is, is it's like, and, and something I, something I admire, I think is, is pretty cool. And it's something to be said is like, you know, you've sold a business, you know, been very successful financially, you know, you guys have a beautiful home and a beautiful family and, and, and you deserve all of that. And the one thing I, I would say that I think is still pretty dang cool, no matter what, however way you put it is like, you're still out in the game every day, trying to get better, trying to build new things, owning other stuff, testing new ideas, teaching people stuff. And I think that's something to be said too. Like when you really love what you do, the game is more fun than yeah. uh, like all the, the trappings of success or whatever the hell you want to call that. I don't even know. Like, I, I, I don't care. I like my stuff, you know, so I'm quite happy with that. Like if I was motivated by that, I would have quit a long time ago um, sure. myself personally, because it's just, it's not enough motivation to get through the hard times, like, you know, new stuff or trips and stuff. I mean, there's experiences, but that's about the only thing that I think money can buy at this point for me. So kind of taking that back, like what is the next game for you going forward? Like, how do you, like, how do you see things going now that I think, you know, you're, pretty well set financially you could recreate new businesses all the time you have a set of skills like what keeps you inspired like looking forward for the future like how do you see that and think about that and then we'll uh, kind of finish up here and take yeah. it from there I, I think the, the the one of the biggest things was um 
you know, we early on, or at least, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this because not everybody did, I did this path, but very early on in my path that, you know, I I'm very good at being creative and selling and, uh, I, I forget where I was, but a friend of mine told me a long time ago, and I think it's a book, uh, about knowing your genius. Right. And, right. um, and again, I, I learned a lot from the corporate world and knew how to outsource tasks and responsibilities and structure things in a team and do processes and everything like that. So I started doing that in, internally, but I was down a road in the, in the store that I sold was pot. It was not necessarily something that, you know, I aligned with personally on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think I, I guess where um, I'm going and I, I, it did, but it wasn't like what I spent my time in. And as I, as right. I'm getting older, things are and priorities are changing too. Right. Um, right. Cause I now I have a daughter and, uh, and, and it's not, my wife and I aren't just like going on trips all the time and I, I, COVID or not COVID. And like, you know, I, I want to be with my daughter and my, my wife and our family and this new home and, uh, and things like that. And, my wife and I, when I started this all thing was like, let's go to Mexico and let's have fun and blah, blah, blah. So I was doing things to achieve that goal. Now I'm, you know, right. what do I do on my day-to-day -day basis? I'm still teaching people, still getting tons of, um, gratification and gratitude out of that. Um, but I want to start entering areas, um, you know, getting back into like fitness and selling stuff and that, that I, I spend my day-to-day -to -day on too and aligning my personal, um, interests with what I'm also doing in my work. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm debating like getting into the, the, a golf brand cause I love playing golf as I get older, something else I took from my dad. Um, right. you know, even though it's 12 degrees here, once it starts warming up, I'll, I'll start playing again. Uh, so we only got a little window, but we got a nice window. So, um, uh, I'll, you know, start maybe doing something like that, that that'll be kind of a, part, you know, part time of the year. And I have the means and the team and the network. And I've done this enough where I could have a couple of these different businesses while not sacrificing my overall goal, which is spending time with my family uh, and things like that. So um, I think that's where I see myself going next is really aligning myself in the areas that I personally have more interest in on a day to day. Right. Basis. Like I'm, I'm, I have to work out. Uh, we were talking about this before I work out twice a day, one of which is just a walk. Um, and, uh, but lifting is very important to me. I'm just entering something like that, maybe something in the golf area, something that I spend the majority of my time with. Um, and you know, and, and that's really the difference between the last six years, call it. And, and then what I have going forward for sure. No, I like that. So, so let's, let's flash forward. Cause I always like, this is the last question I always like to end with, uh, these last questions. So like, you know, your daughter's growing up, you know, things are changing. Like, let's say we're 15 years from now. So she's late teens at this point. Mm. Um, and she says, Dad, I, I want to get into business. What kind of advice would you give her? I mean, you've shared a lot of great stuff here. But like, from your point of view, like, what, what would you share with her to kind of like shortcut her learning curve uh, compared to what you started with? What would you share with her? And uh uh, take it from there. Let's see where that, where we go with that. Ooh. Uh, so just it's a big one. I know, I know it's a heavy, yeah. it's a heavy We're question. Thinking like like in 20 years, the whole, the world is exactly as it is now. I'll be like, you know, get into drones. Um, no, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. whatever's cool in 20 years. Um, you know, I think, I think more than ever, um, 
just like I kind of just said, like aligning your passion, like getting something you're passionate about. I, I, I think we've talked about it. Like look at the influencers online that are uh, in various fields that are making money in a career out of something that they're just passionate about, right? Um, right. The guys that I learn from now uh, are do their workout trainings or, or, or just random dudes that have built up a following and, and know what they're talking about, right? Right. Um, I think there's an amazing opportunity for a lot of people in the future or now to to make money and a career off of something that they love more than now more than ever versus maybe where it was. Um, and instead of taking that job, maybe, and granted, like I did, right? I took a job when I had to, and that that's a whole nother thing, right? Right. But I think a lot of people just take a job and maybe don't go into a field that they are truly passionate about on their own terms in their own life. And whatever that means, you know, whatever that takes, I think they can be very happy. And I think that that would be the most important thing that I could share with her is, of course, I want her to be the happiest person possible. And that hap- that doesn't mean sacrificing um you know, something, right. You can be happy and make money. You don't have to have this like separation that some people get stuck into where their job sucks, but you know, it allows them to go out on the weekends or, you know, the job sucks, but it pays me well enough to see you know, a trip once in a year. I think you can align those passions and, and, and it's only going to get better from here. Um, the more connectivity, the more options, the more availability, the more we go online. Um, I can't even imagine when it's going to be like in 20 years, um, for, you know, somebody like my daughter, who's, it's kind of, we're not even going to have any understanding of what they can do, but even now someone could go out there and really make money from something they love. I, I got a friend on that. I follow on, on, on Facebook. That's making a video game and intends on selling it. And he's just, he's learning how to do everything and intends on selling the video game. It's like, it's unbelievable that that would not have been a thing five years ago. Right. So even something yeah, I like, know, like even a couple of years ago, that's yeah. And, like, and now it's just solutions are being presented in ways for you to live your life and make a great living. Um, and the things that should have been alive anyway, I think people probably did this way back in the day and we kind of lost sight of that. Um, right. and now we're getting back into that. And I think, uh, I think that's going to be an amazing future for, for my daughter or for, for anybody. Love that dude. And so I think that's a, that's a great spot for us to finish. Cause I think that's like, you know, if that was a mic drop, that was a mic drop. So, um, going forward, like if people want to stay in touch with you and, uh, find out more about what you got going on, you guys do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I'm not really big into the e-commerce world like yeah. you are, but I, I, I follow it just cause I think it's interesting to see why people buy stuff. I'm just a nerd. So like, where can people get in touch with you and kind of learn about some of those free calls that you're doing if they're interested in doing uh, e-commerce stuff and learning more about you? Uh, you can go to scup.net, S-K-U-P.net. I mean, you can definitely follow me on uh, Facebook as well. Um, and we're always posting that stuff there um, or Instagram, uh, more Facebook. But, um, you know, definitely the scup.net and, and opt in there. And there's plenty of stuff. Um, like we're doing a call later um, or tomorrow, I guess, um, going over email for e-commerce and we're, we're trying to put out some podcasts to ourselves. So we have plenty of free stuff to be putting out. Um, if anybody's ever, you know, even just kind of slightly interested. Awesome, man. Well, I will, uh, we'll, we'll call it a, call it an episode and my, <laughs> my dog is working. In. So, uh, you know, Hey, that's, that's one of those things. I might actually leave that in the audio, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, Awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being on and I will talk to you soon. All right.
All right, man. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. For show notes, extras, and to get the Million Dollar Backpack book where we give you the blueprint to escape your office, visit escapeyouroffice.com. 